Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Let us pray. Thanks, Heavenly Father. Thanks for calling us your own. Thanks for giving us what we do not deserve. Lord Jesus, thanks for your gift upon the cross of everlasting life and forgiveness and and complete restoration from sin. We thank you and we praise you at this time of year. How can we know but the whole world should understand, be able to grasp. This is a thing that goes over and over in our minds. Why doesn't everybody see Jesus as Lord and Savior? particularly now. Now we just pray, Heavenly Father, for you to bless us with opportunities to share the gospel, opportunities, Heavenly Father, to love others and to do good works in Jesus' name. We ask for you to open our hearts and minds now to receive the scriptures, take them in and put them into practice in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Peace. (laughs) Jesus came to his disciples and said, Peace I give you, not not as the world gives. For how does the world give? If often accompanies the gift in the world particularly of peace. We'll be at peace if you don't cross that that border. We'll be at peace if you worship my God. We'll be at peace if we can do commerce and you give me money in our lives, it's, it's similar. We do business hoping for good outcomes, and we look for times when we're not in strife with others, because if you look peace up in the dictionary, you'll find basically what it means is a lack of warring, a lack of strife and trouble. That's not at all what Jesus was meaning when he said, my peace I give to you. See, we fail sometimes to see and take in the word my. Jesus says it's my peace. It's my kind of peace. It's peace which only I have and that I can give to you. It comes only from me. There's no other that has this kind of peace. If the world could only see, could only seek, seek, go looking for what is real, for peace on earth as we see and has been spoken of here eloquently by Shane and in the song that we just heard, the peace on earth is broken so easily, so quickly, and we've seen it over and over and over again in the history of the earth. There can, it's almost like there can be no peace. You know, I call it 
the football problem. Everybody here who likes a particular football team, raise your hand. Now, come on, I know you're holding back because you don't, you're not overt in church or anything like that. Baseball team, soccer team, tennis team. Well, that would just, you know, that's just stretching it. We all like a certain thing, and we will stand up for it and root for it. And when they fail, we feel like we've failed a little bit. And when they're victorious, we feel like they're victorious. Since, since we're fallen in nature, since we're sinful by nature... We tend to protect ourselves and that which we love, that which we have decided we are on the side of. It's where war comes from and individual strifes and things like that. Because we don't see God. We only see the thing, and people make God a thing in their lives, somebody to be on the side of. That's why we see differences and differentiations in religions. That's why we see people who are willing to kill for their God. Just as an aside, I'm not particularly picking on Islam, but even in their holy book, it directs to kill people that are not Islamic, and then that turns them into an to a, uh, Islamite. So you see how we can get it wrong when it's the human that's making the choices, when it's the human that's deciding, this is where I'm going to stand, this is what I'm going to do, this is who I'm going to support. Jesus said, my peace, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. In another place, In Philippians, Paul writes about a peace that passes all understanding. He said that it would keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We we tend to be like that or those that we follow. We aspire to that. If you aspire to anything or anybody else other than Jesus Christ, you will fall short. You will fall short of the glory of God. It's directed and decided by God that that is the case. That kind of peace which passes understanding is belief and trust and faith and obedience to Jesus Christ our Lord. Putting our eyes on him and working towards being like him in our lives on earth. And look, he said it about how we're supposed to live. 
He said, be harmless as doves. He said, be wise as serpents, yes. Understand the world and what the world is like. And how to live in the world, understand that, but be harmless as doves. Dear ones, I love you with the love of Christ. You know that. I desire for you real, real peace. But if you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus, then you will not have peace which passes all understanding. You'll wonder where it is. And you'll wonder whether the scriptures are true. And you'll wonder whether Jesus was right or whether Jesus applies to you. And doubts will come in and the devil will take over and tell you how wrong it is to follow Jesus Christ and that you should go get all you can get because this is all you've got. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. That's what was a problem in Ephesus. In the 40s and 50s, the Apostle Paul went on three missionary journeys. And he went through Asia Asia Minor and Cappadocia and and, uh, uh, over around to Corinth and Athens. And he saw and he talked to many, many, many people and started many, many, many churches. At one point, he spent three years in Ephesus. He said, well, what's so special about Ephesus? Well, at that time that Paul was ministering there, there was about 200,000, maybe 300,000 people. And it it had great, great influence of about a 30 to 50-mile radius around where a were many, 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 some say as much as two or three hundred smaller villages that called themselves Ephesus. Maybe half a million, maybe a million people involved in that process. And Strabo, a uh, non-Christian historian, called Ephesus at that time, he said, this is the greatest emporium of the whole world. The emporium, of course, means that they religiously followed the Caesars, the Roman kings. And there were temples to every Caesar, Augustus, Hadrian, Trajan, you name the Caesar, in Ephesus there was a temple and devout followers of those men. And also in Ephesus was one of the seventh wonders of the world. One of the great seventh wonders of the ancient world, the temple to Artemis. A horrible religion. Remember in Acts, where Paul was trying to spread the gospel and they shouted for two hours in the, in the Colosseum, they shouted for two hours, great, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. 
They wouldn't stop. None of those temples brought peace. And certainly the story and the message of Jesus Christ did not bring peace because it puts down, it, it rises above all other religions. And Ephesians were very religious people. As it relates to us, we're not that religious. We're not as religious in the United States as they were there. The divisions about religion are not as deep here as they were there. And this, this lack of peace was expounded there. And this is what it has to say in Ephesians 2. If you want to take out your Bible, I'm reading from the Pew Bible, Ephesians 2. It's on page 1818. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to the Word of God. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. This is a word to the Christians, a small, probably haggard little group of people in that huge metropolis of Ephesus with all of the other religions being far more important to the people there. This is what he says. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that's Satan, and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, that's Satan and his demons. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So you are lost without Jesus. You are saved in Jesus. And it's by the love of God through grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. Imagine that. 
God gives us favor. He gives us the gift of forgiveness and everlasting life without our having to do anything for it. It's undeserved. See, now that's a point you've got to get right in your mind. If you think you deserve it, you don't get it. Grace, the undeserved forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins, the restoration of your relationship with Christ, you cannot have if you think you deserve it. Or if you're trying to work to get it. You must be willing to simply receive it, accepting that God is greater than you. That Jesus is the only Savior, and that he's greater than you, and that he can give you, like his peace, he can give you salvation unto everlasting life. For it is by grace, undeserved favor, you have been saved. Through faith, that's our part, is faith, trusting, believing, obedience. And this is not from yourselves. People equate that grace as being not from yourselves because that's what the passage is talking about, but it's really the faith. Notice what it says in context. It says, by faith, and this is not of yourselves, even the faith is not our works, but given to us by the Lord. Nine, not by works, not by works, Did you hear that? Not by works. So that no one can boast, because we'd like to. We'd like to say, yeah, I'm good enough. God looked down on me, said, I'm good enough for salvation. Or I must be special, because God gave me his love and his salvation and his grace. We don't know why he chose us other than he loves us. He loves us, so he gives us reconciliation through the body and blood of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. For we are God's workmanship. This is what he wants from us. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. How were we created? How were you created? You were created in Christ Jesus. Nothing has been made that has not been made through Christ Jesus. Says the book of Hebrews and elsewhere. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's another sermon. We're talking about peace today, but boy, there's something you were made to do. 
in the kingdom of God. I don't know how many men, particularly men, think what they were created to do is to work at their job. This is what I created to do. This is what I do. This is what I love. This is what I'm good at. We're talking about spiritual matters here. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised, not a Jew, by those who call themselves the circumcision, Jews, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. All those other people of Ephesus, all of them, except the Christians, are without hope and without God, though they have a myriad of gods and that they are very, very attached and supportive of those gods. They would die and kill for those gods, yet they are without hope and without God, for those other gods don't even exist. They've been dreamed up in men's minds. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace who has made the two one, that is, the uncircumcised and the circumcised, the Gentile and the Jew, has made them one and has destroyed the barrier. You can see all other religions are against Christianity, and Christianity is against all other religions. Because the only one that is true and real is Christianity. No other way for salvation. There's no two paths, brothers and sisters. There's only the way of destruction and the way of salvation, and the way of salvation is Jesus. No matter what your background, Jesus alone. The dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. That's the problem between Jew and Christian. So Jew wants to remain under the law and the Christian is freed from the law. And so in Jesus, having fulfilled the law, the two can become one. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you 
who were far away and peace to those who were near. The far away are the Gentile and the near are the Jew. For, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, listen to this, because Jesus did that reconciling of us to God and us to everybody else through his body on the cross, through that love, living as Jesus lived in our lives, we should have no hostility towards anybody else, but we should have love. Greatest commandment is these, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there's another that's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, as the chief cornerstone. If you are keeping your eyes upward, if you are listening to the Holy Scriptures and praying to God Almighty, then you can experience that peace. For that's how Jesus gives it. Peace which passes all understanding. Peace which takes away the hostility Peace, which brings healing and joy. It brings these things. Hope, joy, love. Peace, which passes all understanding. They work entwined with one another, never separate from one another. This is not the end of Advent. This is not the end of Advent. Remember what it's for. Originally, it's for the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, but also recognizing Jesus' birth and coming to the world to live among us and teach us. Let us be grateful at this time of year for the love of God, for the grace that is given us in the name of Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your work through your Son, Jesus, of reconciliation and unity. We thank you that you would give us peace, oh, peace, lovely, wonderful peace down in our souls, which heal us and keep us joyful and glad no matter what comes our way, no matter what other people are doing or saying we have a joyous peace that never goes away, given by you, not like the world, but in a special way. We pray it in your own precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.